The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Well, hi, everybody, and a good evening to you. Minnesota Twins Baseball is on the air. It's time for Minnesota Twins Baseball. Hi, this is Paul Bollinger. The breaking ball hit high in the air, deep left field. That's got a chance to fly gone. Home run, Tyler Austin. And welcome to Twins Territory. Buckle up for Twins Baseball. Today's game is brought to you. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Probe is with you live today on a beautiful Sunday here in Detroit, where a uh, ceremony will take place in just a little bit. We'll have most of that for you coming up as we continue our pregame coverage. Twins and the Tigers getting sent for the rubber game of this three-game series. But before that game's be- uh, before that game begins, rather, Jack Morris, our buddy and our colleague, Twins great. will have his number retired here in Detroit. He will join the likes of uh, Horton and Greenberg and Geringer and Newhauser and K-Line. And number 47 joins that very special group. And that ceremony will begin in just a little bit. But first, we have a lot to break down in our Sunday show inside Twins. And help us along today. We always are pleased to be joined by the Twins Senior Vice President and Team General Manager. We say good morning to Thad Levine. Thad, how are you? I'm doing great, Corey, and congratulations to Jack. What a tremendous honor having been to that stadium a number of times. That's, that's hallowed territory he's joining, and what a, what a great achievement for him and a great accomplishment on the heels of going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's really cool setup right now. His Hall of Fame plaque that is being displayed, uh, kind of a stage set up on the uh, infield grass right behind the mound. You see a, a home Tiger white 47, a gray 47, and a big block 47, too, all part of uh, the ceremony that will kick off in just a bit. So a special day and also a special day, Thad, for the Twins as we see and we uh, look forward to watching the Major League debut of right-hander Cole Stewart today. Uh, Cole Stewart's start in the big leagues today is, is one of those special moments for a franchise. It's, it's really an achievement up and down the line. You know, It started with Darren Johnson and Mike Radcliffe, who, who ended up drafting him. Mike Ruth was the regional a director there, and Greg Grunzer was our area scout who fought for us to take Cole in 2013. And then, as do a lot of players going through the minor leagues, he he had some some a little bit of a roller coaster ride where there were some really positive moments and some half step backward. But Cole was so singularly dedicated to his own achievement. The staff that worked with him tirelessly, Ivan Artiega had him as a pitching coach for a number of years. We just have so many people who laid hands on Cole. The fact that he's now getting a chance to pitch in the big leagues is a testament to the, the hard work Cole put in, but also just the support that was put around him ever since that day that Greg Runzer recommended that we drafted him. It's obvious, uh, Thad, that, that Cole made changes, and we're going to talk much more about that with uh, Jeremy Zoll coming up and also throughout the broadcast. But how much of this you think traces back to the fact that a former first-round pick in 2013 was not claimed in the most recent Rule 5 draft. Can you look back and say that was a catalyst moment to maybe force Cole to change up some things if he wanted to reach the big league level? Well, if you've spent any time around Cole Stewart, you know that he is supremely convicted and committed to to working. So he, he walked into our organization, I think, with a lot of success and a lot of ideas how to continue that success. And I think this is a classic case with a lot of players. We, we talk about it openly. You, you want to see them face adversity at the minor league level, see how they respond to that adversity. I think we've talked in weeks past about the fact that Byron Buxton and Jose Burrios, by and large, got to the big leagues before they experienced that adversity. Well, as you just referenced, Cole experienced that adversity 
uh, last year in, in the minor leagues and then ultimately not getting selected in the Rule 5, I think that really shifted his mindset to being a little bit more open-minded to some changes that could be implemented. But then I think he deserves a ton of credit for, for really embracing those changes and now maximizing his skill set such to the point that he was the, the, the right choice for us to bring up right now to not only get this start but potentially a few starts down the stretch. His last start for a Triple A fad was on August 4th, and there are situations where you know a pitcher's turn may come up in the minor leagues, and he will then get a chance, whether it's in a debut or a spot start with the big league club. All depending on if his turn came up down at Triple, even Double A at times, but also too is a part of Cole getting this chance today just to see what you have from a for, from a former first round pick. Just you know, 2013 was a while ago. He's only 23 years old. But just to give him a chance to see what you have with with a young pitcher at this point? And I think that's exactly the attitude we have for the rest of the season. Once we made the trade to the trade deadline, which we understand weren't necessarily the most popular with, with the fan base, we wanted to stay committed to giving as many innings down the stretch, as many plate appearances down the stretch to people who could be part of our future. And not only part of our future, but we hope part of the future when we're winning the division year in and year out and, and contending deep into October, and we feel Cole has that opportunity. So what better time to bring him up when we give, have him a little bit of a runway where we can see a number of starts. He's not just coming up for one. Uh, if he does well today, he'll get he'll get additional opportunities to shine at the big league level, and I think we're going to continue to make these types of moves throughout the rest of this season. Well, Stewart in the uh, rotation right now for the injured at Alberto Mejia. We're going to take a break on our Sunday show, come back, get an injury update on Mejia. Also, Logan Morrison, uh, his season is over. We'll get Thad's thoughts on that and much, much more. Inside Twins and a special day in Detroit continues next on your home for Twins Baseball. Your flagship home of Minnesota Twins Baseball, 830-WCCO. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. It's made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Thad Levine as our Sunday show continues from downtown Detroit, Michigan. Thad, getting back to, to why Cole Stewart is getting this chance today. He's taking the roster spot of the injured at Alberto Mejia. What more do we know today, Thad, that we did not know a couple days ago? And, and, and Corey, this is the unfortunate part as we were just talking about it. We, we had a vision of giving Adalberto Mejia some starts down the stretch, too, as we felt he could really factor into our 2019 team and beyond. Uh, he has suffered an injury that we're still wrapping our heads around. The, the good news is some of our resources through the, the Mayo Clinic and Dr. Dom and, and her husband, both of whom are, are doctors and specialists in this field, we're, we're really evaluating this situation right now. And I think we'll have more news upcoming, but, but right now it, it, it's we're still – we're still in the uh, research and development side of this part part of this, but it looks like there could be uh, some some nerve irritation at least in his left arm. Those are the types of things you take very seriously, and we're going to put on a, a rest and rehab program right now to calm this down and, and see the gravity of the injury. At which point, we'll, we'll have to make some decisions about his near-term future. Right now, I know it's still pr- pretty early in the medical process, but the forearm and then that obviously will work its way perhaps to the elbow. Are there any initial concerns about any ligament damage right now? Right now, no, but uh, but there are some concerns a little bit about the nerves, and that's something that you know we, we have to take very, very seriously because that could lead to some longer-term issues. And so we want to make sure and we're hopeful that we caught this early enough, uh, but this will be up to our medical team to assess and, and give us guidance on, and hopefully we'll have that early this week. 
Another injury, Thad, that we learned about following the game last night, and Logan Morrison's season is is over. He's going to need season-ending hip surgery. Uh, talking with Logan today off the bus, he was saying that still don't have a date yet when that operation will be performed. But the word that he used last night that when he addressed reporters here in Detroit was chronic. Was this something that, that you've known about and then the front office has known about all along with Morrison and his hip injury? Well, you know, I, I think this is a case where, you know, sometimes fans don't realize exactly what's going on behind the scenes with players, especially ones that just kind of fight through some injuries. But we, we have been aware for a little while that Logan has had a, a pretty significant tear of his labrum in his hip. Uh, he's been able to play through it to, to the best of his ability, and I think that's just a testament to the person and the player. Uh, he was very committed to trying to see through his his contract with us. It got to a point where I think it was bothering him a little bit more, but, but more than that, uh, we feel that there's a responsibility to him as this has been a very productive two-way relationship that he needs to get himself prepared for next year. And depending on uh, the severity of the injury when the when the surgery is done, this is something that could take from four to six months to to rehab, and we want to help him be in the best position to contend and compete for for a job heading into 2019. And I know the season didn't go quite as as Logan had hoped, but I think from anyone who's been around him, he's been a very strong teammate throughout the course of this year, uh, and he certainly had his heart and soul in it throughout this whole process. How much this injury was truly hampering him, I think only he would know. But I think it's safe to say it certainly curtailed a little bit of his performance this season. I remember, too, and I can't recall the exact date, but he had a slide, a pretty aggressive slide at home plate, and he was tagged out. The type of injury that he has and he's dealing with right now, is there one moment that, that seemed to cause more damage? Or, again, going back to his word chronic, something he's maybe sustained in past years? I, I think this was more of a cumulative effect. So. You know, sometimes our, our doctors use the, the term chronic, which is something that is a buildup over time, really, in this instance. I think that's applicable. I think otherwise you refer to them as an acute injury, as you just referenced. One singular event on the field caused an injury. I don't think that was the case. I think it was Mejia's was more acute. I think in this case, this is more chronic. All right, we'll take a break, come back, and want to get Thad's thoughts on uh, Fernando Rodney, the trade that went down. Also, Irvin Santana, some comments following the game on Friday. want to give Thad a chance to respond to those comments as we move along. Inside Twins rolls on on a Sunday in Detroit on your home for Twins Baseball. This is Byron Bush. You're listening to Twins Baseball on News Radio 830 WCCO. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. It's made in Minnesota, and that's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Probe is back with Thad Levine as our Sunday program continues. And, Thad, I want to go back to Friday night, if I can, following a 5-3 loss. Irvin Santana spoke in the clubhouse after the game, and th- these were his words, quote, They gave up. We're not giving up, but they did. They took our pieces away, and it's difficult to play without our good pieces you know what I mean. I just wanted to give you a chance to respond to what I'm sure you, you heard and read following the game on Friday night. You know, I, I never really get too sideways about those sorts of things. I mean, when Derek and I are, are making decisions, there there's a number of constituents that we're trying to appease as best we can, and certainly our fans are first and foremost, but our players are top of that list as well. And when you make decisions that, are, that you know are not going to be popular across all those constituents, I, I think you expect some people to respond. And, you know, we've heard from some fans who were displeased with the moves, and I think we've heard from some players as well. And 
I appreciate the fact that, that nobody was giving up on on the team and that they were wanted to continue to fight and try to get back in this. And and we we're a hundred percent supportive of that. We we would like nothing more than that to take place as well. And we think we've got a very talented club still in that locker room. But but the challenges that the, that these roles hold is that we're not necessarily in it for a popularity contest to try to appease as many constituents at a singular time. What we're hoping to do is make the best decisions with the information we have at, at the individual times. And the goal for us is to try to be as competitive as we can be for a long time horizon. And based upon where we were at the trade deadline and then coupled with based upon how much interest there were in some of our players, we felt as if we had a chance to take a half step back, to take a meaningful step forward without really cutting into the talent base for 2019 and beyond. So at some level, I appreciate the fact that Irvin is still fighting. Uh, you know, he just joined the club recently, and, and for him to come in with that level of confidence and energy, I, I appreciate. And, and I don't expect necessarily the players to see eye to eye with us on this, nor, nor do I the fans. Hopefully over the long run, this will have proven to be a, a step in the right direction for the franchise. That, that was our intent when we made the trades at the deadline. And that, too, speaking of interest in players, uh, Fernando Rodney was, was traded uh, as the team arrived into Detroit back on Thursday. The interest in Rodney, was there interest back in July, or did it pick up now into the August waiver period? I think both. You know, he, he was really, really well regarded throughout the industry as, as a guy who has had a ton of success and accomplishments pitching the back in the game. I think the one thing that's a little bit unique about Fernando and the market for him is that you, I think teams viewed him as a closer, and not every team has the utmost confidence that you could just drop a team's closer into your sixth, seventh, or eighth inning, and they'll be quite as successful. So it, it's a lot cleaner and easier for them to view how a guy like Ryan Presley or Zach Duke could fit into their bullpen. Most playoff contending teams weren't really in the market for a closer, and that's the same with Oakland, but they felt as if, having Fernando Rodney to support the back end of their bullpen could be monumentally helpful for them. Uh, they weren't the only team that had interest. They just happened to be the team that got them, and I think they got a great player down the stretch. And uh, what a class act for our organization, a guy that I think reminds all of us in life to not necessarily judge every book by its cover. Uh, the substance of this man is significant. His commitment to winning and his, and his work ethic obviously allows for him to continue to pitch into his young 40s, but in this instance, uh, it, it was kind of an enjoyable thing for us to be able to give him an opportunity to go pitch in the playoffs again. He hasn't done that a ton throughout his career, and you never know how much longer he'll be pitching. So to be able to put him in a playoff race, I think we felt was a great opportunity for him. And, and you know, we also like the player we got back in return in Dakota Chalmers, who adds to our stable of young arms throughout our system that have a chance to pitch in the middle of, the, of a rotation. So it was a win-win deal, uh, but nothing but appreciation for what Fernando Rodney did for our franchise. And I'm sure the audience right now would be interested, that to know uh, some more about that process. So the, the, the claim happened on Thursday, and then the timing of it, do you get X amount of time before you have to, to agree upon the deal, but also find out who you may get back in return? Did you guys do the homework on Chalmers? Was he presented to you? and the front office, uh, just the relationship there and the player that came back? So it's, it's a very unique trade environment because in this instance, Oakland was the team in the American League with the worst winning percentage who placed a claim. And then there's teams behind them and teams in the National League could have also placed a claim. But we only have the ability to negotiate with the one team in this instance, which is the Oakland Athletics. 
And as you referenced, there's also a time constraint. We have 48 hours to complete a trade or pull him back off waivers, after which point we couldn't trade him for the rest of the year. So what happens in these instances is oftentimes teams are just trying to block by putting in a claim so the teams behind them can't get access to that player. In this instance, David Forrest got on the phone right with, right, very quickly with me, the general manager of the Oakland Athletics, and he said, we do have genuine interest. And so he and I started working pretty diligently, exchanging some names. We ultimately arrived at Dakota Chalmers, who is a very unique individual in his own right. He's, he was a former third-round pick, a, a big high school arm coming out of the draft. Uh, he's currently going through Tommy John, had the surgery in April, so he will be out for the rest of the year in the beginning of next year. But for that fact, I don't think we could have accessed a player of this ability. Uh, if you rewind the year, he was a guy who, who showed up in the teens on their prospect board, kind of fell off that list with the Tommy John this year. But this is an opportunity where we're getting a guy, albeit with a little bit of a lower floor as he walks in with, with an injury, but he's got a much higher ceiling than you may be able to access in this type of deal. Our scouts liked him, our analytics guys liked him, and, and we were excited to acquire him. Uh, we'll take our last break, come back, and wrap up Inside Twins next on your home for Twins Baseball. The radio home for Twins Baseball, 830-WCCO. Welcome back to Inside Twins. Last few minutes of our Sunday program, Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are me. Corey Provis back with Thad Levine. And Thad, I wanted to wrap up our Sunday show today with Michael Pineda. And Chris and I were talking a little bit last night. He had another good outing yesterday, three scoreless innings for uh, Ford Myers. And it seems like he will you know, join the Twins in some role in September. And the initial thought was, okay, he'll come out of the bullpen. But could he even start a game or two and not go five or six innings, but just stay in that starter's mentality in September and go you know, three innings here and then two innings and just kind of mix it up? Or will he be used strictly out of the bullpen if he's healthy come September? I think I think your point is extremely valid, Corey. We, we don't have an exact blueprint mapped out. We, we're just so encouraged that his health has progressed as it has. You referenced he, he made a nice start last night, gave up a few hits, didn't walk anybody, struck out a few in a couple innings down in Fort Myers. I, I think we're very open to him coming up, and if health withstanding, he's able to pitch multiple innings. There's no reason he can start a game versus coming in the middle or, or later part of the game. I think where this is entirely up to Michael and his progress through through the rehab protocol, so far so good. It's been extremely encouraging. We always had a vision that he could contribute in September. We always were hopeful that it was going to be towards a playoff destination. In this case, we, we probably have a little bit more latitude and creativity that we can use in his innings, and we very well may end up trying him as a starter just in a more abbreviated look. Final minute of our show, uh, Thad, if we can close on Byron Buxton. The plan is for him to come off the DL and, and play Tuesday with Rochester? That's the plan. And, you know, we are all keeping our fingers crossed that uh, his, his injury issues are behind him. I think this wrist issue is something he's going to have to manage for the rest of the season. Uh, and, and we will just work with him to see how best he does that. But we're, we're encouraged with the progress recently, and, and we're hopeful uh, that all the trials and tribulations of the 2018 season are, are behind Byron at this point. And in 10 seconds, is Buxton still an option to come up in September? I, absolutely. It's a, you know, it's a health thing first. We want to make sure that he's healthy and, and able because uh, we still are looking at the long term with Byron. So we, we're going to continue to pri- prioritize health first, and then we'll make baseball decisions secondarily. Yeah, thanks a lot. Great job on the show today. We appreciate it. 
Thank you for having me on, Corey. Now we thank Thad Levine. Stay tuned. More to come from Detroit next on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.